welcome back to the Depressed Salesman Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Michael Massey. Today we have our third installment with Dave Algra from Algra Brothers Developments. And again, I think you'll find a lot of simple to apply uh, practical tools that will impact your mental health and well-being, as well as your sales results from Dave. Just a reminder that uh, this mini-series is brought to you by our academy, which you can find at www.thedepressedsalesman.com and look for our online course. We really focus on how to identify your unique talents and strengths, how to apply those in practical, easy to use tools in your role as a salesperson. And then finally, how you can systemize a series of inputs that will dramatically affect your ability to uh, 10X your sales results and improve not only that, but the balance of your life because the focus is on leveraging our mental health and well-being for success. So without further ado, let's get right into it with Dave Algra. You know, you you brought up stress. Uh, One of the next major components to success uh, in my life is, is the social support network that, that we develop um, and that we nurture and I find it so much easier to manage and improve the relationships as they get further away from me, you know, as they get closer to me, whether it be my spouse, my children, my immediate family, uh, they become harder and harder. I think because there's more attachment, more emotion, how we can believe in, in people and in things that we know very little about and yet struggle mightily to believe in oneself, you know, like that, that's been one of my biggest challenges of my lifetime is, is to believe that I'm capable of, of whatever the question of the day is. And, you know, I, I find it intriguing that as we well, move away from ourselves, I don't want to cut it, you off. I don't want yeah. to cut you off, but your comment there, right? Like if, if you don't have the confidence to achieve a goal, you know, that you have for yourself that day, right? Like what, what the hell kind of goals are you setting? Like it, if you're not confident in, I would, I would be like, I need to break this down further. Like you want wins, man. You, you want to to set goals where if you put the effort in, you know, you will achieve it. So if you're not doing that on a daily basis, you need to think hard about what is it that I'm trying to achieve. So you don't struggle with the component of like, you have a certain level of intelligence. You're not a stupid guy. You know what you need to do. You don't always do it though. hundred percent. Like but that, that becomes the component of believing in myself more than anything else that I would struggle with. You know, but why not, aren't I uh, doing this? I think maybe I, the way you worded it, I took it differently. But, and I think that would be something you need to think about. Mm-hmm. But if you know, well, just, just make it easy. If you know, like, I'm supposed to go to the gym today, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, the Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, those are the mornings I go to the gym. So if I wake up on Monday morning and I'm like, oh, I can't go to the gym today because I just don't feel like it. Right. Mm-hmm. And one day goes by and then I do that the second day and I do that third day and a month later I haven't gone. Obviously the commitment of going to the gym is too big. Right. Yeah, interesting. Huh. So go for a 10 minute walk. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so I, and I don't know what happened to me to make me miss that. Like if it's like going to bed too late or maybe I'm drinking too much. I mean, drinking's the, 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 probably one of the hardest ones, like for myself and for lots of people I know that I don't know what it is about like people who own businesses and, and, uh, are running more complex operations and achieve a level of success. But drinking is probably like one of the biggest battles, like, as I get older and achieve more success. So that would maybe be one that would, would relate to your comment. Like I don't have the belief that I can not be drinking all the time. But yet a lot of people in your position would put that down to stress. And yet you don't feel a lot of stress. No, no. Like I'm so, okay. So if, if I'm on the highway, driving my car and I'm going like 180 kilometers an hour. This is hypothetical, Mike. And somebody pulls out in front of me (laughs) and I almost smoke them and I almost crash. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it's super hectic for like a second and a half. And then, and then it, it turns out. Okay. And I'm still on the road and I'm like, okay, everything's good. Okay. Right. And that, so physically at that moment, how I'm feeling right? You're like, you can just, right? Like your stress response. That's how I used to feel all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, mm-hmm. the only time I feel like that now, I don't feel like that when I think about my work or my family or my bank account or whatever it is, I, I don't, I don't have that response anymore. So when you ask me if I feel stressed I, and I say, I'm rarely stressed out, man, because I never feel like that unless like something crazy just happened to me in that moment or you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe I do. I mean, I'm sure there's days when I'm more affected by stress than other days. Like I find it super tiring when I'm selling for a whole day. And when I say selling, like say... I have meetings all day and I got one meeting with the bank, to try and get this financing done on this building. I got another meeting with this dude that wants to buy this apartment from us. I have another meeting uh, with the city trying to talk him into giving us a variance for this commercial building. And the, uh, like, sometimes I'll have these days where I have like four or five meetings stacked up where the outcome of each meeting is super important. Like they're not nothing meetings. Like there's, you know, you get these big meetings where we need, we don't need the outcome, but to achieve what we want to achieve, I need to get this outcome, right? Yeah. Or or it's yes. going to change our plan. So I'll get a day where there's, you know, three or four or five, like, important meetings, because these are all pivotal on outcomes that we really want. And when I get home that day, I am dead. 
<laughs> I literally feel like I ran two marathons because I've just like the level of awareness and focus that I've had during those meetings is like 10x. Like I am in that meeting and the entire time I'm thinking three and running three brains at one time. I'm trying to understand what this person's feeling and what they're thinking and why they're telling me what they're telling me. And then I'm trying to figure out how to deal with that and and make sure that that works with what we're doing. And I'm thinking about what we're doing. I'm thinking if I can change what we're doing and still get our outcome. And then the whole time I'm doing that, I'm trying to build trust with this person. Right? But could you not do it again tomorrow? Is that what you believe? 100% I could. But I'm yeah. trying to tell you about when I feel stress. So yeah. when I get home from days like that, I feel super wiped out. Like I feel really wiped out. Like I'm, I feel like I literally physically feel like I can't move. Like I'm dead, tired, but I'm not worrying. I don't have, you know, the, the friggin' anxiety loop of, of one thing that's spinning around in my head over and over and over again. That's not there. I'm not like feeling adrenaline. I'm not feeling cortisol. I just feel really tired. So mm-hmm. I guess my, when I'm having a big day or there's a lot of stressful things happening in my day, or like I'm in meetings that are stressful, like I, I don't, yeah, I don't have that physical anxiety, stress response anymore. Rarely, rarely do I have that. I shouldn't say ever, but. I think that that is the foundation of, of what I, what I really dive into today with my work is mm-hmm. Like you've learned almost by happenstance in some ways how to manage your stress in better ways. It's opened up more bandwidth for you Mm -hmm. to learn and grow more in your life. And you have moved up. You have improved the position that you work in or that you live in throughout your life as you've come out of that experience. 100%. You find yourself in scenarios where it's this day of meetings and you're wiped at the end of the day and 1 million percent, you can do it again tomorrow if you have to. And I say that you are living your strengths and your talents. And this is where I begin to develop the connection between you guys as an employer or or myself as a as a husband or a father i don't know that there isn't a missing component where we have a responsibility to to help our employees or to help our children or whoever it may be to understand that process and begin to develop that process for themselves because Regardless of of one's life's work, whether it's as a parent or it's with what you do with your time um, or both, the key to having success is the ability to do it again and again and again. Like that's what we need from people. And the only way I've been able to experience the ability to repeat it is if I'm able to manage the the challenge of stress and not see it as an obstacle, if I'm able to uh, put myself in a position where I understand I've identified what my 
my unique set of strengths and talents are. I develop the skills required from that, but there's a big difference to me between skills and, and strengths or talents. And then, you know, that whole component of manifestation and falling back on the social support network that I build when I need it and investing into that to, to help those in my network myself and just constantly trying to improve my optimism levels. So mm -hmm. I don't you, think that those conversations happen a lot in the workplace. Like no. I don't think that well, the employer you, is helping the employee to get that personal growth, which directly relates to the personal growth of the company. Yeah. Well, yeah. When you said earlier, like I, that I figured out my own way in whatever haphazard method I figured it out, you're right. But yeah. I didn't like sit down one day and say, okay, I need to talk about my social network. I need to figure that out. I need to figure out this. I need to figure out that. It's just, it's having the bandwidth to set the smallest goal, the most achievable goal. You want to win nine days out of 10. Like if you're not winning nine days out of 10, you got a problem. And the problem is either you don't even know if you're winning or losing because <laughs> you mm -hmm. don't, you, there's, there's nothing that you're doing. You're just thinking about the, and going through the motions of your day. Right. Well then you don't even know, you don't even know what's going on. But if you're actually, if you're not winning nine days out of 10 you, and you know, you're trying, you gotta, you have a goal issue, right? Like you need to be more real about, goals and then gets back to the one year, three year, five year, 10 year, like you need to set things that are achievable for you. Right. But like, you could also, you could also be spending all of your time not doing what you're meant to do. Like you're not yeah, going to win a I, lot. I, I, if... I know. So, okay. I, 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 I had this friend who was a bit of a trust fund. Well, a bit of a trust fund baby. He was a trust fund baby. And not not in a huge way, but he had enough money every month to live like a reasonable life. Okay, like he could own a house and and go. He didn't have a he didn't have like huge money to be doing stuff all day every day, but he had enough money to kind of just exist in a at a medium level. And I have no understanding of what that would be like. Well, neither do I. The only reason I do is because I met this guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, like my parents didn't even own a house my whole life, and we moved around a lot, and like had had nothing. So I, I don't at, know. How I was that at a, I was at a dinner one time, and we were talking about this subject, and uh, I said, "Yeah, when we were kids, you know, we would just go outside all summer and like play with a stick." Yeah, exactly. And this, the, the, this builder I was with is like, "I can't believe you guys got a stick." <laughs> you're lucky yeah exactly yeah. i mean everybody always likes to brag about how poor they were and we have this little thing but i was more poor than you but yeah. i mean the so to get back to where you were about am i in the right field right somebody that's in the wrong field or the wrong position this gets back to my buddy my trust trust fund friend yeah. he was a super capable guy wicked smart guy he could create things. He could build stuff like really smart guy, really capable. And we would just have the same conversation all the time. Like, 
I I want to start a I need to start a business. I want to start a business. I want to want to do this. I'm like, and you'd be like, what do you think I should do? I'm like, I don't know. Why don't you do this? Well, where where's that going to get me in 20 years? <laughs> that would always be his response, right? Like, where's that going to get me in 20 years? You know, I'm like, well, you're super good with equipment, and you know how to run stuff. I'm like, why don't you get a a vac, a vac truck, like a hydro vac truck? Because he's kind of like into like equipment and excavating and he's super mechanical and he's a smart guy. And vac trucks is like uh, digging holes with a vacuum pressure washer truck right around like iris stuff in the ground and stuff. And it's like a specialized thing. I'm like, get a vac truck. Get out there and fill your 400 bucks an hour on your vac truck. Where's that going to get me 20 years? You think I want to own 50 vac trucks and have 50 staff? Right. And that would be his response all the time for anything we talked about. And I said to him so many times, and I'll say this, like this is in response to your comment about how do you know if you're in the right field, right? Well, you need to outwork your current position. You have to be better than the position you're in and you have to have a goal that you can understand clearly. Well, he couldn't understand clearly what he wants to do in 20 years, so you're not gonna get it. And if you're in the wrong field, if you're in sales, but Let's just make something up. You're in sales, but you should be a neurosurgeon, mm-hmm. right? Well, I'll tell you what. If you're if you're in sales, the person who can be in sales and then become a neurosurgeon by just one day saying, I should be a neurosurgeon, you and far between. But if they then decide, well, you know what? Maybe I'm like healthcare. Maybe I should be a salesperson in, in health products and then get a sales job and they're working in a hospital and they do that for a year and they're crushing it. And then they become a rep for this and then they crush that and then they go into this and then they go and it's this like awkward path that you're never going to be able to map out for yourself but every year or every six months or every three months or every day if you're out working what you're you, you're hustling your ass off and what you're doing that day you're going to see something else that steers you more towards where you want to be and what you want to do you like you think 15 years ago i'm like oh my goal is to be sitting in this chair talking to massey about my friggin' stress or lack of no man it's not how it works like and I, I i have those sheets i've written with goals and stuff on them usually what happens to me is my three-year goal is usually done that year mm-hmm. but my 10-year goals always it's always moving my 10-year goal is always moving and and if i look at back at what my 10-year goal was from 10 years ago i should i'll do it now that i'm now a bit curious but it's going to be something kind of like what i'm doing but it's not going to be clear. It's not going to be ex- nowhere near exact. It's it's going to be in the same realm, you know. When I, when I was uh, when I was coming through, uh, like getting healthy again from the the depression I experienced right around the time I met you. Not that that's related at all, but uh, I uh, one of the things that I did was I wrote a life plan, and uh, so same kind of goal setting thing, but a lot bigger. So I was 38 and I looked at the first 38 years of my life and divided it into like nine important categories of, of my life. And then I looked at, okay, what am I going to accomplish in each of these areas in the next 38 years? And, you know, you, you start thinking about like walking your grandchild to school on their first day, you know, like my, my daughter was like two at the time, mm-hmm. you know, but it just, it gives you the ability to expand uh, your perception 
which is something else that you brought up earlier was the, yeah. the view we, that you have of the world. Yeah, there's so many ways people, it's the same message over and over and over again. How do you eat yeah. an elephant? One, mm-hmm. one bite at a time. You know, how do you climb a mountain? Well, take the first step. But it's so true. Like, if I'm going to, you know, I decide that I'm going to do the brakes, change the brake pads on my truck. I'm going to pull my truck in. I'm going to put a jack under it. Then I'm going to lift it up. Then I'm going to be like, oh, where are my jack stands? Then I'm going to throw them under there. And then once that's done, I'm going to take my wheel nuts off. And then I'm going to pull my wheels off. Like, that's how most, and then I'm not everybody. And some people need to have this super planned out, like front to back. And that's whatever their process is, is fine. But most people don't do that kind of a thing ever in their life. Yeah. Maybe it's a good, maybe it's a good exercise to do, but I think the application of it is what are you doing today? And people come up with these, like, I, I shouldn't say I know lots of depressed people, but I know people, we've all gone through the times of depression or like being in situations that we don't want to be in. And we all have friends who are, you know, you'd say like stuck in a rut and we have friends who are like achievers and the interesting part of the conversation to me, Dave, is, uh, yeah, the eat the elephant, uh, all that stuff. But I've never heard it put the way that you've put it about uh, like the relieving or the the dealing with stress, increasing bandwidth to allow yeah. you to take that step today. You know, 100%, like, yeah, I, and it'll I let think, you take a little step. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you do it again tomorrow. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And 20 years later, you're going to look back and you're going to be like, I remember, like, I I vividly remember driving my truck down Fraser Highway one day. And I'm like, I'm like, man, like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I, I can't, I can't even think, like, you know, to the point where you're like having anxiety attacks. And I'm like, man, like, I need to change this. Like I, I can't function. And then, yeah, that, that was it. Just start taking cold showers, man. And take a hot and cold shower after you spent 20 minutes sweating your ass off somewhere or spend an hour sweating your ass off somewhere. And then in like three weeks, man, you're going to be a different person. Like it'll just change for you. I so. think that it's, uh, I think that it's such an important conversation that doesn't happen enough. Um, you know, I think that specifically in business, I'd love to see the leaders of companies that always talk about, you know, their competitive advantage is their people, right? Like it's always the people. And yet they're not they're not willing to share to share this these stories, this information that you're sharing today, Dave, you know, it would make it so much easier for the employees to make the step forward and make the improvement. If the leadership made them feel like it was safe to talk about it. So I'm yeah, here's my excuse. And I'm not saying we don't do this or we do this, but as a business owner, there's staff I'm responsible for in our company that have been here for like 10 years plus bunch of them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you grow up with these people, right. And you watch them like they're watching me go through my life and watching what's happening and, and vice versa. Like I get to watch them in their Mm -hmm. life and 
watch them create relationships. You know, some of my son, you know, get married and start a family and get you get to be part of this whole process or, you know, other staff watch them as their kids are progressing through life and going to university and moving out and then becoming empty nesters. And, you know, you get to be part of all these experiences, but we're like, I guess how I feel about that is different staff have totally different levels of how much they want to share with you on a personal level. And you're, you're like an authority in their life, right? Like, so for somebody to want to do this stuff, somebody asked me hundred percent, man, I'll, I'll talk to them for half an hour. I mean, you asked me and talking for an hour or whatever, but I, I, it does make me awkward talking about this type of stuff to people who, you know, I have some type of authority over during working hours. Um, because if you're not, if they're not in, in the right headspace or they're not seeking to have changes or do things, then I, I can't push that on people. I, I don't feel comfortable talking about people's personal development to them if they aren't wanting to talk about it right so um so it gets hard to implement that way because if you, if you're a staff person somewhere and you're like man if i just people would have told me this stuff you know it could have helped me in these ways but you were at the point in your life where you you were receptive you would have been receptive to that because you're looking for it but if you, yeah, I, I agree with that, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when you look at, uh, like, there's a lot of change that's happened in the workplace over the last number of years in terms of, you know, mental health and well-being and support for the employees. and But a lot of it is reactive. Like, we've paid for fitness for our staff, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a way to kind of push that envelope without telling them. Hey man, you need to exercise. You'll feel better. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You know yeah. What I mean? And then it gets back to kind of when you talked talked about kids, right? And like, why are we teaching our kids this stuff and doing that? And, uh, I've, if I can leave this world and have my kids uh, have some type of control over their brain because they understand how it works, like mm-hmm. how physically how to how to deal with their body and, and, and mentally how to set goals and achieve things and, and understand the the whole process, how, I guess, how I understand it. And everyone's different. So they're going to have their own process or way they do shit. But if I can leave my kids that, that's, that's more valuable to them than any, any money or material things I could leave them. They'll always, they'll always be okay. hundred percent. 100%. So, but the reason I brought that up is because (laughs) me talking to my kids, dad, are you talking about that stuff again where I just have to be thankful for things? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because this has been going on. Yeah. This has been going on for years, right? They're like, you know, so I've I've just been telling them this stuff for years and dad, I can't sleep. (laughs) And I'm like, well, what do you think I'm going to say? You're going to tell me to go in my bed and think about 10 things I'm thankful for. <laughs> right? But I, I kind I, of, I feel like 
that is a similar relationship to my staff. And I'm not saying they, some of them wouldn't think everyone can benefit from doing a better job of this stuff, but it's not my place as an employer to impress this on people. But I do think that providing opportunities for this, I think is, is awesome if you can do that. Yeah. hundred percent of this. Yeah. I mean, I, because it becomes reactive, you know, like you can have the employee assistance program. Like I, when I, when I went through my spell of depression, I was working for a great company that took care of the employees. Like, you know, mm-hmm. once I was teetering on the edge of the cliff and ready to jump off, I quickly mm-hmm. found out how much help was available to me. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I just questioned that we couldn't be more proactive in just the comfort level, the acceptance level of how all of this is just as much a part of life as mm. you coming to work for me for, for nine hours every day. Uh, and as a leadership level, if we were more willing to share our stories or our challenges, I think that it would make the person who feels like they need help, whether that's kept private or not, you know, mm. but. I think we could do something better there. And j- just to finish with your kids there, I mean, mine are the same. There's something about gratitude and appreciation that is directly connected to accountability and responsibility. You know, like until you get a mortgage, have kids, like you're responsible for another human being to survive through the rest of today. I don't think that you'll ever you'll ever really truly understand being grateful. That was my experience, but anyways. Well, that's another whole component of, of success is the gratitude. And I think the gratitude just plays into you doing more in your current position. It's like it's hand in hand. And it's like the fancy way of getting people to realize where they're at and like where they're at so that they put in a better effort. So they're able to achieve more. Right. So, but, um, yeah. Anyways. Well, Dave Algra, thank you so much. Super, uh, super interesting conversation. I mean, I'm a little bit shocked to be honest, but you're uh, shocked. Like you just, (laughs) what what did you think I was going to tell you? Way more intelligent and learned than I ever would have guessed. So super impressed. Maybe you were one of those salesmen that just showed up and talked the entire time and didn't think about what I was thinking. So you didn't understand what's going on. Apparently I made things way more complicated than they had to be. That was one thing (laughs) I learned today. Yeah. Well, uh, Mike, it uh, was a good talk. Well, thank you so much, Dave Algra. It's really been a pleasure to, uh, do this mini series with you and uh, some really interesting insights about the intersection of sales and, and mental health and well-being. And I think a lot of the tools that you've come up with uh, are going to be very helpful for a lot of people out there. So thanks for taking the time. And everybody out there, we'll see you again next week on the next episode of the Depressed Salesman Podcast. Mm-hmm.